Hi, this is Eking Reyes, and you're on The Inspiring Leader. It's a podcast where we talk about things and stuff about life, love, and learning. Our guest for this episode is Mr. Paco Magsaysay, the managing partner for Carmen's Best Ice Cream. He majored in marketing at St. Thomas University in Texas, graduated with a master's degree in entrepreneurship at the Asian Institute of Management, and is the former president of Asian Cable TV Holdings. Mr. Magsaysay, Sir Paco, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Iking. Sir Paco, you started Carmen's Best back in 2007 and has continuously grown since. From simply being able to utilize the excess milk, how has your organizational goals changed over the years? Well, we actually incorporated our company in uh, 2009. Uh, it was the farm that started in 2007, dairy farm ng family namin. But uh, we incorporated our company in 2009. And the company we incorporated is called Carmen's Best Dairy Products. If you notice, walang ice cream sa name ng company namin because we had no idea what we were going to make. I mean, we were just going to do something that's dairy. You know, because, you know, we had a dairy farm and then we wanted to make use of the, you know, the, the output of the farm is milk. And we wanted to do something dairy-based. That's why the company we incorporated was called Carmen's Best Dairy Products. That was 2009. It was in 2011 that we started selling ice cream. Kasi meron akong day job nga eh. So, hindi naman sa I was pressured to come up with something. But, um, yun, in, in the course of trying different things, making uh, cheese, making flavored milk, you know, making even pastillas, which I find so boring. <laughs> We went into ice cream, right? Right. So it's very different, no, from from what we initially started, which was just coming up with the name of a company, and um, we didn't have honestly, we didn't have any five-year goals or ten-year goals. Wala kaming mga targets or uh, wala talaga. I mean, we just wanted to make use of the milk. Uh, that was the main goal: was make use of the milk that was coming out of our farm. So when you talk about organizational goals, um, well, I was doing, I was in production. So I was in production. I was in product development. <laughs> I was in delivery. I was in marketing, sales. Kasi wala naman kaming budget para mag-hire. Eh, Tapos meron pa akong day job. So I would, you know, pag-uwi ko sa gabi, that's, you know, I'll have dinner with my kids. And then that's the only time I start making ice cream for, that we're going to sell. Um, so talagang first two to three years, yung yaya ng anak ko ang tumutulong, yung, yung kusinera sa bahay ko, binibigyan ko sila ng extra, you know, extra income for, for helping out. Tapos yung driver ko nagde-deliver habang nasa opisina ko. Na talagang ito sa guerrilla, ito sa like guerrilla, guerrilla movement, you know. I mean, you just get labor where you can. Um, of course, you have to ask. You cannot force anyone. <laughs> so, so with the with the two yayas and the two kusinaras, I said, "Oh, meron na kong bagong gagawin. Sino sa inyong gusto mag-join para tumulong?" Eh, only one of the four wanted to help out. No, so so that one person, uh, butin lang, she was one of the cooks that we had at that time. 
she helped me um, make the the ice cream in Italy. So kaming dalawa ang gumagawa. Then I would give her extra, you know, for working extra hours with me yung at night. Um, so even with labor, you're trying to get labor where you can. Um, you definitely can't hire a full-time worker because you don't even have the sales yet. You know, you don't you don't have enough money. I didn't get a salary for the first four years. You know, so I mean, it was really a labor of love. You know, it was just growing it um, from zero and then seeing where it is now. I, I would never have imagined that we would be where we are at right now. Um, so, yeah, it's been a journey, but I would I wouldn't change anything. I absolutely love your vision and mission. The ice cream that puts a smile on your face, creating only the best ice cream you would share with your loved ones. Could you please tell us about the inspiration behind these words? Well, you know, in our ice cream business, we, we don't have targets like, oh, we have to make 25% return. We need to make 30% return year after year. You know, we don't have targets like that. Ang target lang namin is lalaki kami every year. No? And um, if it means that we're making less than 20%, as long as we grew the, from the year ago, then it's a successful year for us. Um, we don't have a benchmark because we are the first premium ice cream that's made in the Philippines. Diba? So wala akong pwedeng sundan. Unlike, kung yari, mass market ice cream ako, susundan ko yung Magnolia, susundan ko yung Selecta, diba? kasi meron kang pwedeng sundan eh. Sa premium ice cream, wala. Kami lang ang gumagawa ng premium ice cream sa mercado no at that time ngayon there's a handful of guys who are doing it no but even exporting our product you know we were not really targeting filipinos when we export our ice cream we were targeting the local market and normally when a filipino food product is exported out of the philippines they normally target the filipinos right whether it's um tuna or san miguel 3 in 1 or skyflakes they don't target the locals of that particular country, they target Filipinos in the different countries that are living there. No? So even that, we couldn't follow um, whatever the ice cream companies in the Philippines were doing in terms of exporting their ice cream because they were primarily targeting the Filipinos who you know, were working abroad. Eh, ang target market ng Carmes Best is, not, is more upper market, eh, di ba? So hindi yun yung mga Pilipino na nagtatrabaho abroad because it would come out to be very expensive for them, di ba? So yeah, I mean, we sort of had to um, blaze our own path. You know, we, we couldn't follow anyone. So we had to do our own roadmap. Uh, we had to do our own visioning. We had to do our own idea of what a premium ice cream should taste. We, we had to have... Uh, on how to deal with resellers, how to enter or penetrate um, a certain province or a certain city. Like, would you believe we sell in Kidapawan? <laughs> we have very good ice cream sales in Kidapawan, you know? And uh, it really comes down to our partners. No? Our partners are, we treat them like family because, you know, if not for these guys, I mean, Example, Kidapawan. I never even imagined that we could sell any ice cream in Kidapawan, let alone sell a lot in Kidapawan. But it's because of our partner in Kidapawan that is very well connected 
has a lot of family and friends and happens to love garments best. And, um, you know, so we said, well, we'll support, we'll help you out, you know, we'll, we'll find a way to bring the ice cream there and um, hopefully you can earn some money from it. And it's been a very good relationship with her. So, um, you know, you have to treat the people around you, whether it's the people in your organization or your resellers, your suppliers, diba? Um, whether it's your delivery drivers, your production crew, you have to treat them all with um, you know, a certain dignity and respect. You know? And if they feel that you are after their welfare, na tutulungan mo sila pag dumating ang panahon na kailangan nila ng tulong, uh, iba, yung, ano, iba yung kilos sa trabaho. Ibang-iba talaga. So, um, you know, um, that's something that uh, we feel is very connected with our brand. When people hear about Carmen's Best or my background nga, this Arctic ice cream, uh, which is our new line, people, ano, people expect a certain um, quality from our products. You were holding on to a full-time job when you started. What, what were some of the lessons from your previous jobs that you were able to carry onto your own business? Well, you know, I've worked for a lot of companies before. I mean, when I was in the U.S., I worked for UPS, United, United Parcel Service. I worked with them for four years. And then I worked for a company called MCI, which is Microwave Communications um, uh, Incorporated. It's a long-distance company. So I was, I've had a lot of work experience. I worked as a waiter, um, you know, so dealing with, um, you know, like customers and clients and trying to get more tips and this and that. And um, I've had to look for jobs in, you know, in an environment that was primarily white America because I grew up in the U.S., you know. So, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a magsaysay, but I went through a lot of um, difficult times. And I think when you go through a lot of difficult times and um, stressful situations, it really molds you as a person, diba? That's why they say, guys who are so, you know, they're spoiled, they they silver spoon in their mouth, parang they have a hard time dealing with difficult situations or even sometimes dealing with the reality. Kaya lang kung kagaya ka ako, nasanay ako sa rejection, sanay sa hirap, sanay sa, sa ano, sa kayod. Then, um, these are things that does not phase you, that, you know, understanding that you have to work a lot of hours when you put up your own company, you know. So, okay lang. I mean, kumbaga, laban, laban lang, di ba? So, yun. I'm interviewing you now. So, syempre, unang nasa isip ko, why did you get into politics? Uh, but I was thinking, baka mamaya, baka, baka it's a sensitive question for you. So, kaya hindi ko siya tinatanong. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. I mean, that's, I think that's been coming up more lately, no? That people realize that I'm the grandson of Ramon Bagasay. <laughs> what am I doing in, in business, no? Um, you know, I think I have a, I have a very different um, uh, growing up experience from my father. When my father was growing up, he was living in Malacanang. You know what I mean? He, my, his father was the president of the Philippines. So from the age of, I think, 15 or 16, hanggang 18, or yeah, 15 to 18, he was living in Malacanang. So you can just imagine, you know, the type of atmosphere he was in, uh, the type of life that he had. Um, when I was 15 to 18, I was in the U.S. 
I was having a hard time finding a job <laughs> to work, you know, because it was you know a very different ang experience ng father ko sa akin, iba. So sa kanya talagang in the polit in politics siya, uh, politically uh, exposed to so many different people and and, and um kumbaga yun yung buhay niya. Kaya it was natural for him to run for Senate, the Senate in uh well first he ran for vice president in 1992 with Miriam Defensor Santiago. He was the vice president of Miriam. Then in 95 he ran for senator with the Lakas Laban Party of uh, President Fidel Ramos at that time. So he won as senator. Tapos nag-12 years siya, dalawang terms eh. So six and six. No? So people ask, you know, your your grandfather was a president, your father was a senator, and then you make ice cream. <laughs> so I said, you know what that means? That means I live the life that I want. You know, at the end of the day, I am not forced to be into something that I might might not really enjoy so much. And I choose my life. And I think one of the best ways to find your happiness is to do what you want. You know, um, So often uh, we are forced to do something that we are not really happy with, with you know, whatever job or whatever type of work we're doing. But can you imagine if every day you wake up, you're doing something that you're excited, that you're looking forward to doing it. And that's what I'm doing now. I love what I do. I love thinking about, you know, ice cream flavors. I love testing different ice cream. I love, <laughs> I love, I love meeting with new resellers. You know, I mean, it's just, I, I couldn't think of any other job I'd, I'd want to do. You strike me, sir, as a very humble, down-to-earth, and you were very accommodating to me. You know? and, and your grandfather was known as really a, a man of the masses. You know? So does it really just... Nasa dugo niyo lang ba yan na very humble and accommodating? You know, my, my lolo, um, when he was president, I remember um, my tita celebrated her debut in Malacanang. And binawas sa sweldo ng lolo ko yung cost ng party niya. Okay? Nung, nung nag-drive na yung dad ko at 17 years old, yung gasolina ng kotse niya binabawa sa sweldo ng lolo ko you know so for us um being in government means helping people out not taking advantage of your situation no? or using other people's money or using the people's money and you know for for me um there's a very defined line when it comes to things like that you know um so whether you're talking about telling the truth with the products you sell, whether it's uh, being honest with your suppliers, being honest with your employees. And, um, you know, if it's consistent to, to what you are as a person, then people believe you more. And I think that's one of the, the, the traits of our brand is mataas ang credibility ng brand namin, na people connected to me. And when I say, Hindi namin dinadaya yung ice cream. We really use the best ingredients. We use fresh milk. We use this and that. And then when people try it, ay, tama nga naman si Paco. Hindi niya, hindi niya binabagsak ang quality niya. Diba? So for me, the integrity of the product is so important. Diba? We're, not the, we're definitely not the biggest ice cream company. But 
we are the best tasting ice cream. <laughs> so, so we were never looking to be the biggest ice cream company. That's not our goal. Our goal was to be the best tasting ice cream. So, you know, I think we've been able to achieve that and we've been in business for the last 10 years. And I think people acknowledge the fact that we make the best ice cream in the Philippines. You went to the University of St. Thomas in Houston for several years. In your opinion, is the chicken and waffles at the breakfast club overrated or underrated? And what do you think is the number one must-try food in Houston? Okay, well, number one, I went to Houston for the eighth grade. I was in, the, I was in middle school. So when I graduated from La Salle Green Hills here in, in Manila, um, nag-grade 8 ako dun sa, sa US. So grade 8, tapos high school, 9, 10, 11, 12. So dun na ako, uh, kumbaga, nag-high nag school and college. No? I'm a huge fan of Southern food. I love Southern food. And, um, you know, whether it's uh, biscuits and gravy or chicken fried steak, uh, you know, chicken and waffles, I love it. It's fantastic. Um, Sad to say, I've not been to your the restaurant that you're saying. I think, I think that that place may have opened after I left because I left in 1992. So, baka siya after I left, no. But for me, the best, my favorite Southern food would be um, chicken fried steak would be number one. So that's like a steak cooked like a fried chicken. So you can imagine how how unhealthy that is. <laughs> so it's a, a steak cooked like fried chicken. And it's served with mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay, um, and there's only one restaurant that sells that in the Philippines, and it's Chili's. So Chili sells that. So if you wanna try that, it's called a chicken fried steak. Um, I also like. There's a lot of Mexican influence with the food from Texas because Mexico is right next to Texas. So there's a lot of Tex-Mex food that's served there, from nachos to burritos, tacos, and. Yeah, I mean, I grew up eating that and I love it. And uh, fortunately, uh, there's a lady in our village who is from Texas who makes that food. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can have it here, you know. So, uh, ang sarap ng lockdown kasi kinakain ko talaga lahat ng, <laughs> lahat ng Tex-Mex food na, na linuluto ng, ng neighbor ko. So, um, the, the lockdown was not, uh, it was not unpleasant for me. It was a very pleasant Lockdown for me. <laughs> Your Instagram looks like a library of some of the most delectable items the world has to offer. Were you born a natural foodie or is it just something you picked up being a highly respected player in the food industry? Actually, I started to enjoy food or be more curious about it when I was in college in the U.S. I remember that was the first time I ate sushi. In uh, I was maybe a junior or senior in, in college, can you imagine? Kumbaga, late bloomer, no? I mean, now you, you see kids in elementary eating sushi, no? But this was in the, in the, in the late 80s and the early 90s. And um, there was not much of a, a food craze back then as it is now, no? And definitely people were not taking pictures of their food because it was still film. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it was just more um, trying different kinds of food, whether it was Vietnamese food, because there's a big Vietnamese community in, in Houston being a port city. So, nung yung mga boat people coming from Vietnam, many uh, settled in Houston, Texas. So, there were pockets 
of uh, Vietnamese communities that serve fantastic food in, in Houston. No? And then uh, also, of course, Chinese food and so on. So parang it was that time that I was being exposed to all these different types of cuisine. Hindi nga ka masyadong kumakain ng mga adobo ganun, at that time, no? or mga bangus or longganisa. But, uh, but as I get older, yun, I eat more more Pinoy food naman. Parang you're going back to your roots. No? <laughs> so, ganun. Sir Papa, you've been a working student, a full-time employee. You've been a president of an organization. And you've had the hustle from Carmen's Best to turn out into a full entrepreneurial journey. Tell us more about how those experiences shaped your leadership style. Well, you know, I think uh, when you're growing up, there's so much that's out of your control, you know, because you're young, you don't really choose where you live or you choose your school. Diba? I mean, you're in grade school, you don't say, Filipino ako, dito ako lalaki. <laughs> Kung saan pupunta yung nanay mo, sasama ka lang doon, di ba? So, I was 12 years old at that time when we first moved to the US. That was uh, 1979. I was 12 years old. We moved to the US. It was very it was a very difficult time for for us you know, um living in a place where we didn't have any relatives and then um different um culture you know although of course we spoke english but iba pa rin, di ba? you're in manila you have your friends everything and so i think when you go through more difficulties in life or more trials in life umbaga it tests you as a person eh, di ba? although as a parent now I didn't want to, you don't want to put your kids through that. You don't want to put them through difficulty or hard time, di ba? Now, I'm not saying that my parents wanted me to go through that, but I'm just saying that iba lang yung na-experience ko, iba rin na-experience ng anak ko, di ba? So, you also have to understand, let's say, like for you as a young father, that your son will be very different from you simply because... Um, the environment and how you grew up with will be very different from how your son grows up, right? So, you know, I, I acknowledge that, that um, maybe I went through a more difficult time than my, than my children. My children had a, you know, more, more um, how do you say, structured life, you know, because I was always with them and always talking to them, always explaining things. <laughs> so, but I was very hands-on as a, as a parent. I even coached their baseball team. You know? So parang that's how hands-on I was with my, my two sons. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think when, when a person goes through a lot of trials and difficulties, it makes them stronger for the most part. I mean, some people, they fold, you know, or they do something drastic to themselves. And, you know, so um, when, when you go through difficult times, when you go through difficult situations, those are all learning experiences, diba? And whatever difficulty you're going through, it's not gonna be forever, you know? It's gonna, some might take longer. Let's say you go through an annulment with your wife. You, matagal yun. <laughs> like, I went through an annulment. It took me a long time. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, diba? Parang you just have to make the most of, of the situation, diba? I mean, you go to the mall, you see families together, you go to church, you see families together, and you kind of feel like, well, I wish I had that. But maybe that's not for me. Diba? Maybe ang suerte ko nasa negosyo. Diba? Maybe I'm not fortunate with my own personal family life. 
but maybe in business I'm more fortunate diba so kumbaga timbang-timbang lang yan eh basta not everybody gets everything diba so most people they have comfortable lives they have good you know family background supportive family and so on but not everybody have that diba but ang swerte nila nasa iba diba so it's a matter of understanding that number one, you can't get everything cannot get everything number two, kumbaga kung yan ang binigay na na baraha sa sa buhay mo parang you have to make the most of it diba don't don't sulk about it because there's always a lot of good things in your life compared to bad diba so it's a matter of attitude it's a matter of of outlook it's a matter of hard work and um yeah it's just uh, it's a mixture of so many different things and it, there's no one equation for for people who are successful but one thing i know is all successful people work hard that's that's the one common denominator wala akong kilala na successful na taman yun <laughs> walang walang successful na taman secret to youth you, you look very youthful so parang 30ish ka lang eh what's your secret i i think ano um I mean, there was a time when I was going through a lot of stress that talagang numinipis yung buhok ko. You know, kasi pag stressed out ka, talagang ninipis yung buhok mo eh. And uh, I remember there was a time that I really, wow, I really looked like I was beaten up by 15 guys. You know? <laughs> so, But I guess now because I'm I'm happy, I'm in, I'm in a very happy place. I, you know, I accept a lot of things. Um, para my understanding of things is so much deeper now compared to maybe what it was. Uh, 15 20 years ago but i'm 53 years old now and um i accept a lot of things you know like i know that life doesn't go on forever anything can happen to us you know um it's important that you are prepared you know in case anything happens um so you have to be realistic about things because i think sometimes when you get caught up with um a lot of unexpected big things that's when a lot of stress comes to you so as much as possible um you know be aware of these things and be somewhat ready for it be ready for it that's it for today let me know what you think send in some questions and perhaps share this episode with people you know who might be interested to listen till the next episode cheers Thank mm-hmm. you.